Welcome to the Florida Versus Podcast. You know, I got one for you. Holy cow! Adjust your dials, adjust your knobs, and get busy living or get busy listening to today's Florida Versus Podcast. I'm your host today and every day, Peter Murphy. Thanks again for joining me, Floridians, today. I have a real treat for you. Before I get into that, I want to say I'm making a big push uh, to promote my podcast this month. Very excited about that. To help, all you can do is write a review on Apple Podcasts, share this podcast with maybe one or two friends, or if you'd like to give a monthly donation and uh, help sustain this podcast, uh, please do that. Look at the details in this episode. You can support the podcast. Just like my production team of Mike, Gina, Justin, Collier, Kelvin, Dawn, Lindsay, Peter, Allison P., Kevin, and Lauren S. I'm very thankful for them, and they get a shout-out every episode. So, today's episode, before we get into anything, recipe, what am I making today? I'm going to I'm gonna try this uh, wild new like way to cook a steak where um, you clarify some butter, like a, a, a pan of butter, set the oven to 200 degrees, uh, you know, set in some, some garlic, some, uh, you know, some basil, some thyme, uh, and then you put, you fully submerge the steak in the butter until it is internally 160 degrees then take it out finish it on a very hot pan should be good so i'm gonna try that uh, hopefully i don't burn myself or anything <laughs> uh, but a good way to not get burned is to trust my guest today his name is eric smedberg from the great city of cape coral florida uh, he t- he's taken his talents all across the country been in bands such as Box House, which you can find on Spotify and Apple Music, as well as his latest project, Desert Weather, which you can also find on Spotify and Apple Music. He has a new album coming out through that outfit. It's going to be called Picasso and Mushroom. And I, you know, love, I love this guy. Uh, in my head, he is and will forever be one of the coolest dudes on the planet. Uh, he doesn't need to say much. To get that across it's like oh yeah this is a cool dude trust him love him also happens to be a fantastic artist so tune in listen up or zone out and be a fly on the wall with my conversation with eric smedberg just he's just the man you'll get it you'll get it all right enjoy do 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 ad time oh man another ad well don't worry this one will make you hungry <laughs> margarita pepperoni playboy guilty party good thing Dreams Tonight, Beyond Love, Smoke Signals, Neon Moon, Springsteen, Talking Backwards, Crude Copy, Breakneck Speed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't had one of Lucky Nick's Pizza's Sourdough Neapolitan Pizza Pies straight from their wood fire oven. And you are missing out. Go ahead and follow Lucky Nick's Pizza on Instagram. That's at L-U-C-K-Y-N-I-C-K-S-P-I-Z-Z-A for the latest updates about their weekly mobile pop-ups in the SoCal region. It's Lucky Nick's Pizza. Nice little pizza, huh? Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the holdup? It's ad time. Oh, yeah. It's ad time. And let the good time roll. You know, since 2015, totally good time has been making pop culture street style inspired by the 90s, 2000s, and niche entertainment favorites. Well, what do they got? Uh, how about bringing on Toro sweatsuit? Check. Empire Records staff tee for Rex Manning Day? Check. New Girl True American hoodie that features the design as the gameplay? One, two, three, four. Check. Now go ahead and check out all of the original pop culture goods over at totallygoodtime.com. That's totallygoodtime.com. And use code FLORIDAVERSUS15 for 15% off your order today. That's code floridavs 15 for 15% off your order today. Do 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 do. Add time. Do you hear that? Here we are. <laughs> and we here we are. Yeah. All right, Smed. Everybody, 
Everybody gets a song. Eric Smedberg. I mean, damn. I know, dude. The the tinkle, tickling the ivories, tinkling the black keys <laughs> for the, the one and only. What's that? I feel like you put a little extra in that piano slide for me. I, I did, man. It was a little extra salt and pepper there. Uh, yeah. You've heard his voice. You, you got to meet this man if you haven't. The one and only Eric Smedberg of Mariner High School, Cape Coral, Florida, Boxed House, and Desert Weather. Upcoming album, Picasso and Mushrooms, the legend behind it all, Eric Smedberg. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, brother? Doing great, Peter. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Do you, it's so interesting. We'll get into plugs in a second because we do plugs up top. But do you find yourself, I mean, dude, I'm not, I'm not kidding. You are like a local legend uh, in Cape Coral. When you find yourself like, like running into somebody do are they like whoa man eric like you like i remember you from you know where are you i you threw that incredible party do you remember me and it's like oh man i'm sorry dude <laughs> so many stories i think i i'm pretty good at remembering faces so like if i don't remember you know a specific event i usually remember someone if i met him but um yeah that happens a lot I got voted most memorable in high school. So like, what? that's just how it goes. Of course. All right. Well, before we get there, let's talk about today. We'll do plugs up top and your band Desert Weather uh, has an album coming out in August. It's called Picasso and Mushrooms. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Yeah, it comes out August 27th, um, 13 songs. I recorded everything in LA Whoa. during the... Uh, covid situation i ended up moving out and uh mixing everything and uh going through the whole process and then i released three of the singles already mm -hmm. satellite um counterfeit and then background just came out on friday nice. and so what like three weeks from now the rest of the songs come out you can follow it on youtube because i'll put out a lot of music videos instagram and um i think that's pretty much it oh spotify Okay, nice. Uh, uh, anything else that you'd like to plug before we get into that? Um, anything anything, uh, stay, anything else exciting? Yeah. Stay on the lookout for Box House, whoever was like into that project. Ben Woosley and I started. We have a full-length record that we worked on for a while and finally finished it up. And he's going to put that out within the next couple of months. So any Box House fans, be on yeah. the lookout for that. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this is, this is what I have to say for people that don't know you. Growing up in the time that I did in Cape Coral, Florida, there's been so much that has been said on this podcast about that place. But among, <laughs> the, among the people and the places and the entities, you are like the glue. It's like everybody knew Eric Smedberg. And, <laughs> and you are the, like the most memorable person, dude. And you, uh, just to give other people context, Definitely the most popular dude, uh, played soccer through the greatest parties, was always, you know, super fun and affable and like kind to everybody. And also sparked my interest in moving to California because I think you and Ben, uh, um, you referring to the Box House Project before, right, yeah, yeah, were the first people that I knew from Florida that even thought about the West Coast, they even went out to the West Coast. And yes. I would visit you guys. I would visit you guys, you know, every other year, every year to like, you know, gain up the courage to move out. All right. So I know when we had planned on moving out there, I'll tell you that story. Remind me to tell you the story on when Ben and I decided we were moving to California. Yeah. That's a funny story. But um, so after we had knew we were moving there, I remember seeing you in the gym. Do you remember that Cape Coral? Uh, what is yeah. it called? It was at the Omni. No, no, no. It was gold. Crunch. No. Crunch. Crunch, right? Yeah. No. Cape Coral. no. It was a Cape Coral Crunch? No. Fuck. I, I don't know where it was. But anyway, yeah, I remember I, think I, I was working out and I saw you and you saw me and we, you know, we're doing the headphones, doing some sort of pumping situation. <laughs> we were both yeah. by ourselves. 
And then I went over and talked to you. And I remember at that point, you knew I was moving to LA and I knew you, you were moving to LA or at least you were thinking about moving to LA. So the way I remembered it was, I thought you were either in LA or talking about moving to LA before we were moving to LA. That's how oh, I remember. Oh, no. it was a great race to get out there, man. It was a race. Yeah, for sure. Oh man. <laughs> but I remember we, we kind of like talked in the gym for a bit. And we were talking about, man, that'll be awesome. Maybe one day we'll both be out there and hanging out. We were, I was like 23, so you must have been. I, I, I think it must have been 21, 22. Yeah, yeah. Um, the tragedy of that is, uh, skip ahead a few years, when I moved out to L.A., I was like, man, I'm going to be hanging out with uh, Ben and Eric all the time. And the, <laughs> the problem was, like, the scene, like, I was really trying to get into the comedy scene. Uh -huh. And there was no time for anything else. I was working at a Vietnamese restaurant for, you know, like sharing yeah. a room with my friend, Mike. And I was like, man, I want to hang. And like, we didn't live too far from you guys, but like, it just never worked out. Like, like oh, that's sure, like yeah. a LA thing, you know, it's like, there's so oh, many scenes sure. and so many little bubbles, you know? I used to always say after I'd been there for a while and I kind of like, you know, saw how things went and had different jobs, met different circles of people and stuff like that. Um, I used to always say there's like a current and if you're not in a situation where you're routinely going to see that person, whether it's like the gym or mm. like, I don't know, you go somewhere where they work or you work with them or you're playing music, you go to the same shows and the same rehearsal place. If you're not like on a loop with them, it's like, yeah. like there's not enough energy to stay in contact. And <laughs> after I was there for like five, six years, there would be times where I could tell it was coming. I was really good friends with this person. and. Uh, happened a few times and they're like moving to the other side of LA and then it's like yeah we'll still hang out and I'm like dude I mean yeah we're, we're probably not so I'm just gonna <laughs> say bye. I had a roommate who it was very serious like he, he got involved with this girl and like they started dating and they moved in together and he he was our roommate and we had a great place but he was like hey you know I'm um I gotta move out you know moving in with uh my girl and I was like all right cool and he was like you know what maybe we'll hang out more now because we have to make time and i'm like we could not hang out more than you living you know us sharing a bathroom dude you know what i mean like it's like that that's the lie that we tell ourselves it's like well you yeah know, things will be the same but they're different it's like no man things yeah. got to be different things got to change and you you recently uh left la right mid pandemic right, right for sure yeah i mean we, we'll we, to we that. kind of like I was over it, you know, I yeah, was over man. it for a while, but I didn't have like the gusto to figure out what I wanted to do and make big change, you know? So yeah. um, basically I was just over those like long nights of like working four nights a week, either DJing or running karaoke nights or bartending yeah. and then waking up, focusing on music and nonstop. And like the, um, the scene in West Hollywood where I was, was like really cool. Yeah. When I first moved out there and then it kind of like got away from what I was into. And um, that was just making me more and more bitter. And I was just getting more and more tired and sick of it. But like yeah, the man. music, was, the music was going good. And that was what was keeping me going. But um, as soon as COVID hit, I, I remember I was going for walks in my neighborhood and, ever you know, nobody knew what to think at the time when it hit. Because like, right. how serious is this, you know? um whatever your memes tell you is what you believe but um <laughs> whatever your memes tell you yeah it's what you believe for sure so like <laughs> i'm out there like this could be serious walking around my neighborhood and then more and more people start walking around i would say like two weeks into it and then they're saying what i don't remember how long but they said you gotta wear a mask when you're outside yeah and i noticed people were wearing masks walking around and they were giving me dirty looks because i wasn't wearing a mask and this was early on and i came back uh my wife Stacy and I were living together obviously and yeah. um I went back after the walk I was like that's pretty much it I think we got to figure this out I don't think it's going anywhere let's get the fuck out of here yeah only this is only going to get worse yeah exactly yeah so it was tough but we talked about it and then um decided to leave our stuff there and drive across country to the east coast where there's like more space be with yeah. family and there's more space to go do things in LA, you know, you're like on top of each other and everyone's got their strong opinions and stuff like that. It was like claustrophobic for me during that time. Uh, I want to get back to the music and like, yeah. you know, you're talking about how West Hollywood changed a bit, you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, as you knew it, it changed. Some people seem to think, you know, people come up to me, it's like, where do you get your ideas? 
some people think this seem to seem to think like art happens in a vacuum uh as if as if you're not influenced by the things around you and you know you'd been in several bands even growing up yeah. and then you know in LA you were making it happen and you you know you're self-producing a lot of these a lot of these projects and uh you know facilitating these bands how did you like looking back on it seeing the way that things changed in your environment how did that affect your music or or did you let it no i definitely did so like i there's a lot of people watching that goes on you know when yeah. you're at a bar that you know and you're being paid to do something you're not like <laughs> yeah. hanging out you know so you get to see a lot of these people and they get more and more drunk and you're not getting more and more drunk and um i guess just like seeing all these social situations right in my face between yeah. this person and this person what, however i'm perceiving what's happening you know um relationship wise whether it's like um i don't know whether it's like a fucked up situation or a cool situation it would definitely like be on my mind when i'm actually coming to the point where writing lyrics because yeah. i like writing lyrics in that band, you know, in Desert Weather, especially early on, I was writing a lot of lyrics from my perspective of being that age and being social and being out at night and like what kind of scenarios and relationships come with that kind of a situation. So, right. yeah, I, I noticed one time with, uh, with Desert Weather, we were together for a while and we were playing a show and I realized, wow, I get at the end of the show, I thought, wow, I get angry in every song and i'm like come with like a so fuck you type mentality in yeah song. dude and then i was thinking in my head wow this is definitely because i'm pissed off at the den all the time right? <laughs> well because one i think a lot of your lyrics are like they're telling like a story like it's not it's not like like they're telling a story of a person you know like even like the new one of the newest tracks like counterfeit you're talking about you know someone's like authenticity or like definitely they're like and and yeah that comes from like observing people and you know either living those experiences or painting that onto somebody but yeah man i remember seeing you uh it was desert weather and you guys were all wearing matching outfits and wh where was this place in uh, West Hollywood? it had to be halloween then oh probably we you're wearing we like, so that like halloween shows yeah were we, wearing were we wearing robes robes we yes. wearing pajamas yeah robes yeah and dude you came out Dude, and you absolutely killed it. Like the like, there were other bands that performed, and like some people were like yawning and shit. And then you came up, and you just ripped the hell out. I think you're wearing like a robe and like sunglasses. And dude, yeah, everyone yeah. everyone was like grabbing onto something they could hold onto. Like, what is this force, man? And like, oh, and man. dude, I admire that. That's like a, that's like a different thing, but. Is that sustainable? And like, you know, do you want to be angry performing or did you change that? Or did you want to change that? Or is that the vibe now? No, that's always, that's always going to be a part of it for sure. Yeah. Um, but the next, and that's definitely a theme on this, you know, this record is there's a bit of anger, but also like, I don't know, like for me, I am a Gemini. I mean, whatever you want to buy <laughs> into that, you buy into that, but I'm all over the place, you know? And I could get swept away in, in, uh, you know, manic, good energy. Uh, but that manic could also be bad energy. And then, you know, you got to pay that back. And sometimes you're down and I go through mood swings, like a lot of energetic type people, you know, and, um, and the songs come from all different spectrums in that, you know, yeah, um, man. I like having that. Yeah. I mean, that fire, that yeah. like angsty fire is definitely like, a form of expression that I'm never going to not express, especially with that band Desert Weather. Yeah. But um, you'll see it on the record because uh, you guys have only heard, whoever's listening has only heard those three singles. And there's a lot of other more intense, cool songs uh, that we haven't heard yet. Um, Dude, I'm psyched that for it. Yeah. Released yet. But Desert Weather and the album is Picasso and Mushrooms. And when's that coming out? August? It's uh, There's no S on the end. It's Picasso and Mushroom. Picasso and Mushroom. Sorry, sorry. Uh, August, August comes out 27th on a okay. Friday. So it's like what, like 26 days from now. It's a few days away, man. Um, yeah. Well, I, well, let's go back to Cape Coral because, um, okay. As I don't remember how we first met, but it, you're like, I was introducing you, like, you're one of those guys that, like, 
everybody just knew. And like, and I think, you know, and um, so you were, you were in, you went to Mariner high school, which has been chronicled on this podcast plenty of times and you played, you played soccer. And uh, how did you like, like, when did the idea to like leave, like, like, how would you describe Cape Coral to someone who's never been there? Cause mo- most of the time when I say Cape Coral, people are like, that sounds like a neighborhood that like SpongeBob grew up in, you know? Yeah, like for sure. Absolutely. It's like, a yeah, totally. But I mean, let's just preface this with, uh, I haven't really been back right. in a long time. You know, my parents, when I, when I left LA, my parents were already in Fort Myers. So whenever, whenever I would come to visit annually, um, I would go to Fort Myers. I wouldn't even spend much time in Cape Coral. And then they moved there in uh, Tennessee. Now they moved like four years ago. So I haven't even been there at all in the past four years, but, oh, wow. um, but I can talk about what it was like when I was there. Of course. Like, uh, so growing up and stuff, we would, you know what it was like. We would do like, man, there's little lots where houses haven't been built. And yeah. you would find one with a good tree, put a rope there. And now you swing out into the canals, find one next to a bridge, jump off the bridge, wearing your dad's shoes, like lawn shoes tied really tight so you don't hurt your feet. And then <laughs> yes. you bring a ladder, climb up on the seawall and get out and uh play sports and um play in like the dirt mounds growing up you know when there's a construction happening and they have the dirt mounds yes i don't yeah. I, there was oh my gosh my my run-in my literal run-in with the dirt mound was there was this guy uh mike vaughn and he was in my car and i had this like two-door celica the toyota celica and i thought i was so cool that like i, I had to, celica. yeah i had to go but i had to go as fast as possible all the time and so i was like i'm gonna take this turn and like skid a little bit and then uh i took the turn and i kept skidding and i like was stopped abruptly by a dirt mound and mike looks over at me and he's like cool (laughs) like what are you trying to prove dude you know like what like dude i used to i mean we can talk about some wild situations i used to have that dodge spirit i don't know if you remember that like whoever wants yeah, to yeah. push pause and type in <laughs> 91 dodge spirit 91 dodge spirit looks like yeah the thing was super fast like i raced <laughs> friends in camaro in camaros like lower level engine camaros and beat them and um <laughs> yeah, no for sure. what a surprise to that and uh for sure and uh like on track i mean it used to be an asshole a little bit sometimes too so like on trash day and stuff to make my friends laugh I wouldn't even tell them would you be talking and then I would just like drift off the road talking to him and then just like nail this pile of trash and it flies over the car and goes everywhere and then you know you just keep driving little humor like that it was jackass times you know like oh yeah who, who can be the craziest and like have the charisma to get away with it like that's pretty much what it was about and nobody was better at making fun like just creating fun than you man so like so like how are you able to like throw all these like wild parties because you know people were like oh you're going to smeds like yeah man yeah i want yeah i want to go over there what's happening i don't know you got to wear like you got to wear a costume or <laughs> you know what i mean or like something like that yeah like, for sure all right so yeah when i was my sister is four years older than me right awesome. and she's my only sibling and so i was in eighth grade when she was a senior in high school she worked at Sunsplash Family Water Park. You wow, know? Yeah, dude. for sure. Uh, immediately Which made I, you and her cool, like immediately. <laughs> Lifeguard at Sunsplash, and yeah. And what, what we should tell, well, a, real quick, real quick, what we should tell people is that Sunsplash, it, 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 like there was this time I felt in, it must have been the 90s or whatever Sunsplash started, where there were more, like Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure were coming into Orlando to uh, compete with Disney. And it felt like every city in Florida had to have their own local water park or um, uh, like attraction. And this is exactly what that was. There's a lazy river. There were like slides and rides. And if you could be a, uh, um, a, a, a lifeguard at Sunsplash, that was all the social currency you needed, man. For sure, because it was like all the high schools combined and it was like all summer long. Everyone's going there and you're making money and it's cool. And the thing is, once you get in, there's a whole hierarchy because there's lifeguards, then there's zone guards, and then there's lead lifeguards, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. How how high did you get? 
Lead lifeguard, of course. Oh, man, of course, dude. <laughs> of course, of course. I never got to work I there, was, unfortunately. Uh, but my last year, I was, like, training the lifeguards and certifying them and stuff like that. Whoa. You were also That's how I got into doing that EMS stuff, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, you then, yeah, you're EMS. So, okay, so then, okay, so you're, you're in right. eighth grade, your sister's right. uh, lifeguard. There you go. Yeah, my, my dad had a catering business, and they were, they were very hospitable to, like, our friends. So awesome. whenever there was, like, a get-together, and it's like, where are we going to go? Oh, my, I would offer, or my sister would offer. My dad was good at cooking for, like, massive amounts of people and stuff like that. Worked at Sam's and stuff. Had discounts and everything. Anyway, yeah, so, awesome. so I would see, like, these lifeguards, like you were just talking about, come over to the house. I'm in eighth grade. They're, they're juniors and seniors. They all got tans. They're all looking good. They're all just, like. <laughs> chicks are looking cool dudes are looking cool i'm this eighth grader like shooting off a funny comment here or there here or there and i'm like in my head the back of my head at that point in my life i'm like all right i want to be in this crowd they're like super fun working at the you know water park and they just seem awesome so that was like my trajectory that i kind of saw through my sister's experience and then when i got into high school i kind of already had this like momentum because i knew where i wanted to go you know so I just kind of like moved in that direction. Dude, and there is there is no substitute for having a cool older sibling. Like I think of the people that were cool, like they all had cool older siblings. And I was just, you know, like for some reason, Charlie Chula was cool. And I like I like mentioning him by name because he's such a punk. He's such a punk. Uh, but he was cool because he had this older brother named Vinny. And I know Vinny. Yeah. And Vinny's cool as shit, too. Yeah, uh, for sure. But but uh, uh, Vinny like put Charlie on to everything. It's like, oh man, Charlie, yeah. You know, uh, and I, yeah, I, I was just. Uh, I got a story I, about Charlie. I, I didn't have that. Charlie. Hit me, yeah, hit me with Charlie. I mean, he's like, he's like the Fort Myers Police Department. Like, he's I the guy. I saw it on Facebook. I was like, whoa, he's really in the in his element there. He's the guy. Good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah for but, sure. What's uh, what's yeah, what's the Charlie story? Just one thing I remember. Well, all right, his dad was really cool, super Italian dude. Yes, and we yes. would we would go over his house once a year. He was like a. All right, you guys were the same school year, right? Same, yeah, same age, and we played soccer together, same team. What year did you graduate? High school, oh six. Yeah. All right. Cool. I was oh three. So 03, yeah. I think he was a you were a freshman when I was a senior, right? Or a sophomore? You were a freshman, right? Yeah, freshman sophomore. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. But I remember we would go over to his house. His dad was cool. Everything was cool. And then uh, you know how we dyed our hair, right? Mariner. Yeah. So the so- yeah, Mariner soccer High team. soccer team, every year you guys would dye your hair like bleach blonde. Any like Dude, everybody so, on the team, right? Yeah. So I started that because it was senior year. It was senior year, and I'm like, all right, this is our year. We're gonna do some shit. Everyone come over. And I started getting everyone uh, doing this running stuff before even the preseason to set the tone. Cause I'm like, there's, there's more than half the kids on this team I've known since I was like nine and we all yeah. really want this. So I'm going to step up and like speak about it and get the motivation going. So Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we were doing and we were feeling good. And then I came up with this. Why don't we just all dye our hair? Imagine how sick that would look. We bought uniforms, new black uniforms, new white uniforms, badass uniforms at the time. And yeah, then, absolutely. Like imagine how intimidating it would be if you came there. We all had, mind you, this is in, what 2003 so this is a long time ago yeah yeah um but how cool would it be if we all even showed that dedication and you were war- teams warming up over there and they got all dyed hair and they got the best kits and like yeah it's like it's a, a real thing yeah for sure yeah. so everyone was down so we went to do it and charlie charlie almost didn't do it i had a really really really, really for, like lay it on thick i'm like i think he was a he was on jv right i and guess then, yeah, yeah. He moved up for the postseason. You know how, like, that's what <laughs> right. they do is they move up a few JV people to get him like situated because they're going to be on varsity next year. <laughs> and he didn't want to dye his hair. I'm like, bro, if you're not sitting on the bench unless you dye your hair, dude. yeah, like you're. And it was like, yeah. Hey. Wow. Anyway, that's my Charlie. That's that's hysteric. That's amazing. Also, like, yeah, there's something about like buying in uh, to like a group mentality and like having a group mind. And dude, you've always been the one to like rally people and like you know create your own projects or like you know make the fun or like create like a camaraderie and to your uh to your credit that soccer team you guys reached uh the final four and like you won your regional championship didn't you yeah yeah uh 
so the, I learned an invaluable, I learned an invaluable lesson from that because we all got together, we were pumped, we were like, all right, we're gonna line up with this. What do we want to do? And I remember thinking, I was too nervous to say we were gonna win state. So I said we're gonna get final four. And everyone's yeah. like, all right, we're gonna make it to the final four. We made it to the final four and lost in the semifinals. So now I always said, looking back on that for the rest of my life, if you, if you really want something, you gotta have like the gust to say it you know what i mean if you sell it short that's what you're going to get from the beginning of the thing yeah and man. i learned i learned that that if, if and i really believe that if we set the intention no it's going to be state and we prepared for that we would have went all the way and got it but we got what we prepared for uh side wow. note about that team is um they just had a really good year either last year or the year before and i was like whoa these dudes are 17 years old so they were newborns are not even born when, not even when born, i started that hair thing and they're still dying the freaking hair oh man that is i mean listen man you leave you leave a lot behind but that's like a cool legacy oh for sure uh, I love that. to have and yeah man i mean like did incredible so then so you're playing soccer then did you go to school in tampa like didn't a lot of people get uh well like i, I mean you did but didn't uh, a lot of those players get like scholarship offers? Yeah. Like, didn't you get to play in college as well, soccer in college or no? Yeah. So I played, uh, all right. I What's never went to Tampa or played in Tampa, but um, that was where we would central, like all the friends would get together and go party. So right, that's right. why we were always there all the time. But um, so I went, uh, sorry about all that stuttering. Let me start over. So um, <laughs> when, when it was like senior year, I was kind of being like an asshole because uh, in one degree, because I didn't really want it to end. I was having so much fun. So um, I wasn't really into like trying in a subject in school unless I was inspired by it. So like half my subjects, I was doing really well in honors class. And the other half were like D's, F's and like, fuck off, I don't care. So um, <laughs> right. I didn't really plan on like, I wasn't really thinking too much about after that. And I had music going on and soccer going on. There was just too much going on for me to like think logically about what was going to happen after with my 17 year old brain. So right, right. I was, I was always into like pushing myself physically. So I started chatting with the Navy dude because I was going to go into the Navy and Whoa. attempt like Navy SEAL situation. Oh and we were God. like, Oh yeah, for sure. I was training at that time. He was getting me in touch with like the local person. They were giving me training stuff. I was swimming in my canals. My mom was like coming out with the light yelling in the morning because it's dark and I'm swimming in the canals. And she Dude, like, always, it. yeah, always so dedicated, man. Yeah. So dedicated. I'm not just going to join the Navy. Into, I was yeah. breaking into the Yacht Club and doing laps in the pool while it was closed. That's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah, Yacht Club was just like a, a pool, you know, it was a Yacht Club, but it was like near where I lived. And yeah, would you jump over the fence or what? Yeah, yeah. And just yeah. go it, go for it. And intense then, uh, man i feel like that's that's something that is bred in in like uh southwest florida where we come from it's either oh yeah you're a little more chill or you have to like really like lead yourself you know like and and it can't just be like oh we're gonna have a good soccer season no it's got to be we're gonna reach the final four which is you know unheard yeah, of yeah, from yeah. our area and i'm not just gonna join the military i'm gonna be a navy seal like yeah. what I mean, that's, that's like who I was at that point in my life, you know, yeah. like, just like, how much can I invest into this idea? You know what I mean? Right, right, uh, right. So um, I, I kind of forgot where we were. All right. So I'm doing all that Navy stuff, ready to go sign. I actually did good on the test. So I got like extra money coming in. Everyone right. was like ready, ready to go. And then I kind of like started missing. I had this like thought this happens to me sometimes. Yeah, I, I thought I don't really want to let go of soccer and oh. I had already graduated and I had all these a few scholarship offers so I'm like let's review and call them because now I'm, I'm interested in playing and like yeah. obviously way too late everyone's already signed so like they're all full you know right okay and the rosters um, are yeah are, I think there was yeah. actually like one week left in in high school when I was going through all this mm. and Weber International WIU Okay. They they said they would they would do it. So I went up and Where's that? Um, Where where's Weber? It's like not a cool location. It's really not that cool. Like <laughs> the school is very small and it's and like everyone that goes there plays a sport. 
and oh interesting it's like a business university and i went because i wanted to play soccer and i figured if i went there and had a good season i could just transfer wherever i wanted after but um nice but i went there and it was just not my vibe and i had a few friends that were really cool that i met and it was really cool for me to meet that many international people at that age in my life because i had come from only having one type of friend southwest florida friend <laughs> yeah yeah exactly dude yes right and you grow yeah. up there and you're like it's like being in the eye of a hurricane it's like oh everything is weird and crazy and like that's just how the world works but yeah. not necessarily you know i yeah and side note i'm gonna talk about that real quick i remember i don't know if this happened to you but growing up there i would always have this like twilight zone situation where i would look at pop culture late late 90s you know early 2000s and I'm like, I mean, that looks fucking awesome. I'm not seeing any of that here. Like, there's no pop culture here. Nothing. And except, so, yeah, except if it was like MTV Spring Break, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. That I that I could relate with. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, I'm like, felt like Twilight Zone. So that kind of, yeah, that kind man. of uh, sparked the interest in moving to a larger city and just throwing myself into the Mecca. Yeah, man. We'll get to the California move uh, soon. Yeah. You know, there's something to be said about, uh, you know, replicating the way that we grow up, you know, we go to uh, elementary school, then we graduate, then we go to middle school, we graduate, we go to high school, we graduate to college and, you know, figure out what we do. But there are moments beyond that in life where you've got to graduate. Um, and like graduate from maybe living in Los Angeles, like, you know, you, you've moved on or like graduate to like a different style of, of art or like graduate to a different like life style, uh, or like, you know, get married, you know, that's a graduation of itself, man. Like, like gotta keep it moving. Do you think, yeah, exactly. Do you think like Cape Coral helped you with that? Or was it the time or like identifying those moments where you needed to graduate or like move on and like, keep it going. Like you're saying. Like, were you equipped to do that in Cape Coral or was it taking, uh, you know, the life that you knew and like your, your childhood out of Cape Coral to be like, oh, well, I need to set up boundaries and expectations and yeah. graduate these parts of life because no one else is going to do it for me. Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess getting into the California story that I mentioned before when we decided we were moving to California is the best way to answer that because yeah um so after the sunsplash lifeguard situation <laughs> I, I knew I was really good at that and that got me going and I was like all right I think I'm gonna do the fire I'm gonna do the firefighting thing I knew oh, a few also well yeah I also I should mention not a lot of sunsplash lifeguards uh attempt to be navy seals <laughs> you know like that's not that's not the natural progression uh but but anyhow yeah so then so then you're you're a firefighter or you're looking into being a firefighter right yeah and um and there's a lot of different routes you can go to getting there but i know the end result was i wanted to be a paramedic firefighter so i was already excelling at the um uh, medical side of things because i was already essentially like right under an EMT's knowledge with where I was with the lifeguarding first responder situation. Yeah. So I decided to just do the medical stuff first. So I did the EMT <clears throat> school and then I went to paramedic school and I passed that. And then I got a job as an EMT because I was super young and um, didn't have like field experience. And I didn't want to just dive into being the one in charge, you know? So usually when you call 911, EMS shows up at least in Lee County EMS there's an EMT and there's a paramedic. Paramedics in charge. The EMT is like the right hand man. Got it. Usually that's the case. Two person yeah. squad. So um, I started as the EMT, and then um, my whole goal was to get some experience and then have a fire department sign me, uh, give me a job, and send me to fire school and pay me while I'm in fire school, yeah. because I had already valued myself as a paramedic. Because there not not many people in the fire department go that far. At least that's at the great. time, I have no idea. I have no idea who's watching. I'm only speaking about like 10 years ago. The culture. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was the plan. And then, so I did all that. I'm working for two years. Ben and I were working out. Remember when we were pretty jacked? 
dude, you were, you we guys were, were massive, dude. You guys were yeah, massive. We were like, I guess that's all you can do if you're wanting to be a firefighter. It's like, you know, you're 40, well, I don't know what it is, like 48 hours on, like 24 hours off, and you're just playing video games or getting jacked. But dude, you were, you were like stacked and you've got like the, this like half sleeve or full sleeve of tattoos. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, I better be friends with him or he'll beat me up. He'll bully me. <laughs> I, I better be cool with this guy. For sure. So, yeah, we really got into that. Uh, yeah, we man. Were out a lot. So, um, anyway, we were having fun. Ben Ben was doing that. Do you remember his band, uh, Drawing Maps? Oh, my God. Love it. Wait, yeah, before I get good. into that, two things I have to ask. Are there any uh, lingering side effects from dyeing your hair platinum blonde? in high school and are there any side effects from being super jacked for like six years <laughs> uh not that i know of and not that i know of but i'm sure definitely on some like microscopic level there's some fucked up shit going on <laughs> okay cool i mean there's nothing that can't be washed away within reason. <laughs> within reason uh they say anyhow, every yeah. they say every seven years your whole cell makeup changes like did you know that i've heard that i find that yeah. hard to believe so what what's Okay, we'll get back to the Ben and the drawing maps thing, but like right, every on. seven years, your cell makeup alters so or like, you're if I, you if have I, a different personality? No, no, no. If I understand it correctly, like physically, the cells that you make up your physical, physical matter, Yeah. apparently uh, every seven years, every cell has been replaced. So like physically, you're... Your cells only get rejuvenated all the time. All different cells, all the different kinds of cells. Whoa. So, like seven years ago, none of these cells were here. It's a whole new physical makeup. Dude, I'm a new person. I know that that kind of. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's yeah. discreditable or what, but that's something I like to uh, think about every now and then. I mean, yeah. That's why every- they say like smoking, like when you're a smoker for a long yeah. time, and you stop your your lungs just naturally like heal themselves. Yeah, man. It's never too late. Never too late to stop or to start. Okay. So I'm in, (laughs) I'm in on that, man. I'm the seven year countdown starts now. um, Right. For, you know, new, new cells and, you know, new vibes. Uh, So, okay. So Ben is in drawing maps. One of the best uh, Cape Coral Fort Myers bands ever. Also incredible name. Um, Killer name. What were some of the other band names? I love to go over like old band names from anywhere. Anchorite Four. Anchorite Four. Anchorite Four, yeah. Oh my gosh, what a name! Yep. Started by Monsters is a good one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were great. What were the ones? We were LB ninety. LB ninety. What's LB ninety even mean? Dude, Joe has LB ninety tattooed on his ass. Did you know that? I do. (laughs) This guy you used to live with, Jut. Why did he get it tattooed on his ass? Uh, he said because he like admired my like um, drive with it and how I started it. And he wanted to remember like that kind of a drive. It's like a signal for that. And he liked the band. Dude, that guy, that guy's lived so many lives, man. I hope he's all right out there. I actually went with him to get it. No way. Yeah, In like LA? Super, oh yeah. We were living together super late and he's like, I'm serious. I want to do it. And I'm like, I was kind of like telling him like, you know, you sure blah 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 blah. and he's like no i'm sure and i'm like all right well i'll go with you let's do it and it was like it was definitely after midnight we went to that hollywood hollywood vine one. Oh, nice i remember hanging out with jut one time so many hollywood stories but he had just gotten this new car and it looked like it looked like a classic car it was like turquoise or something oh yeah and it couldn't have been the fat jewish it was somebody else. I think it was like Riff Raff. But one of those type of celebrities were driving by the Viper Room. And like at this point, Jut's like, dude, you got to go to the Viper Room. And he's like helping manage the comedy store. And it's not Johnny Depp's Viper Room. You know, it's like, you know, 2012 Viper Room. Oh, yeah. Which is a it's different like- vibe. Yeah. And then we pull up and Riff Raff or uh, whoever. Yeah, it was like Riff Raff. He was like, he was like, dude, that's a sick car. And he looks at me, he's like, oh my God, dude, you see, you just said that, you know, like just made his whole night. And it was so fun to like, just find myself in these crazy Hollywood situations. Cause yeah, we ended up going in there. I don't remember who we ended up meeting, but there was like this like crazy secret room in the Viper room that he got us into. And I was like, oh man, this is insane. (laughs) 
what a crazy what a crazy dude also uh i mean also what a crazy like pledge of allegiance to say dude i love your old band i'm gonna get it tattooed on my butt right i definitely wasn't instantly like you should do that. I was like, all right, yeah, make sure you want to do this. Let's talk about it. But then <laughs> yeah, once man. I heard him out, once I heard him out, I'm like, all right, let's go do it. So anyway, back to the story. Where the hell were we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, we're talking about like bands. Uh, and oh, then, yeah. you know, Ben Ben was oh, in that's right, yeah. maps. And yeah, and then, yes. All right. So at that point in my professional life at the time, I was already a paramedic, had two years working for the EMS. And I was going on job interviews for the fire departments, right? There's like 13 fire departments in the area, one encompassing EMS. So I already knew a shitload of the fire departments and their culture and stuff like that. They're all kind of different, pays different, the kind of calls you run are different. And um, I had it narrowed down to like two or three. And this is, this is where? This is, in, this is in Southwest Florida? Yeah, I didn't do anything in LA with this. Once I left, okay. I, I left it all. So right. this, is, this is the story on, on when Ben and I decided we were you know, moving. So I had no intentions to move at this time. That's what I was going to do. Right. I was working yeah. hard. Same thing, same type of thing that happened at 17. When I graduated, I was just not thinking about the next step. And then the next step came and I'm like, wait, I don't know if that's what I want to do. So yeah, I was going on these interviews and I knew if I got the job, which I was, which I knew I was going to get the job um, at a fire department, I was going to stay for the, what, 25 years. And that's what I was going to do. And I was just going to retire. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to do. And, and I you're thinking I was going to make. Exactly. And I you're like, Hey man, I, you know, I, I could be a Navy SEAL. I was a uh, right. sunsplash lifer. Right. Uh, and I got this bitch in mustache. So I better be in, you know, for sure in the, the military or a lifeguard or uh, I got to do, or, gotta do uh, something with this thing. Got to do something with that mustache, dude. Got to do something with it. There are only so and, many careers you can have with a sick mustache, right? Like right, you could right. be the commissioner of some, sure. of whatever, just Commissioner Gordon or a firefighter. The commission. The commission. Yeah, the commissioner of the NBA, dude. If you set your if you set your sights on it, I, I could see it happening for you to eight to twelve years. Fundamental, basic math. <laughs> exactly. Or seven years uh, after all your cells change, you turn you'll turn into a basketball. Right. Uh, right. okay. So yeah, so you're, you're, you're uh, narrowing so, it down to two places, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I have this kind of epiphany, like I said, like, all right, I can see the next 25 years. I really didn't like the way that felt. I'm mm. going back to the things I had mentioned earlier, where I felt like I grew up in the twilight zone, all this pop culture stuff. I'm not exposed to, right. you know what I mean? And, um, which I always wanted to be exposed to. It always interested me, but like, it just didn't happen there. So also music and art. I had all these thoughts kind of like, if I go this direction, I can tell that I'm killing those, the potential of those, you know, because I'm going to be stuck here and I'm going to be ball and chained to this place for 25 years. Because I know once I got in, I would have got a lot of good friends. I would have developed a community and I wouldn't have been able to leave. Right, That's right. what I was thinking at the time. So anyway, I'm at that point in my life. Ben and I win this beer pong tournament. You know, you go beer pong tournaments at uh, yeah. Stevie Tomatoes, Fort Myers. Yeah. yeah so, so we win oh, the beer man. pong tournament. Wait, Stevie Tomatoes. Uh, was like a, a sports bar and they would have beer pong tournaments uh i mean i regularly right was it was it like once a week monthly? once a week oh my god and what would what would you stand to win what would you like what are the what are the prizes if i remember correctly you put in ten dollars and you win a hundred bucks but i seriously could have made that up i i'm sure i could have made that up i don't know but i remember we really wanted to win there, there had to be something you know who was the guy who skinny Chad. white kid? He oh, was the no, no. no skinny white dude who was the like he would practice playing beer pong. Like, do you know? Do you know? You know who I'm talking well, to about? To be honest, to be honest, I'm kind of like, so I'm kind of like exposing a weird part of myself here. But we all kind of did. We were really, we were really serious about it. <laughs> you were all, dude, and that's what you do. You get serious about beer pong, man. You let you're like yeah, we started winning. I know, and dude, the problem <laughs> is the problem is you were ten years ahead of the curve because now I turn on ESPN two and there's cornhole world championships in Vegas. There's beer pong world championships in Vegas. Could have been in the Olympics. Could be in the yeah. Olympics next year. Could have been me. I know, man. Jeez. 
that's what I mean. Right, so, that's wild, but yes. So we're coming in. We're coming in off this high, feeling good. We won that night. Ben's dropping me off. We're hanging out in the car, late. You know, bars close. Yeah. Hanging out in the car, talking, and he's like, "Hey," and Ben and I were really close, and uh, obviously for a long time. And yeah, he's yeah. like, "He's like, dude, I gotta tell you, man, I'm thinking about moving to California. Thinking about moving to San Diego." And I was like, "Are you serious?" Are you serious right now? He's like, yeah, I've been looking at it for a while. And this yeah, is in the it. backdrop of you guys just winning the Stevie Tomatoes yeah. Beer Pong tournament. Okay. Yep. I love and it. I got a buzz out. I got a buzz out. I'm not, you know, I'm not like yeah. the guy talking to you right here. I'm like the guy who's got his hands on his chips, just ready to put it on something. Like I'm just <laughs> ready to bet on anything in the moment, you know? Yeah. Sitting on go. Sitting on go. And he's like, uh, he tells me that. And I go, dude. And he like kind of looked over at me and I was like, I'm going with you. And he's like, what? And he's <laughs> like, no, you're not. And I'm like, dude, I'm going with you. I'm serious. And he's so we're, we're like hysterically laughing at the time because he can't tell if I'm serious or if I'm joking. And right. I keep saying I'm serious. And every time I say I'm serious, he doesn't know if I'm joking or not more, you know? So it's just yeah. like this whole escalation. And then I'm like, trust me, call me tomorrow. We'll talk about it. He called me the next day. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. He's like, holy shit. So we started talking and we're like, all right, I guess we're going to move to California. Because I'm like, I'm looking at that. He told me he's moving, right? At the yeah. time when I told you that I'm thinking about the next 25 years, not happy with that direction. Right, and I'm right. like, I'm not feeling this. I know I kind of want to, I kind of want to drop this whole situation that I worked five years for. Right. And he tells me this at that moment. And I'm like, shit, I'm fucking dropping it. I'm moving. We'll just go there and figure something out. Let's do it. Right. And then uh, I was 23 at the time and then when we left i had just turned 24 but um but so then this is where it gets interesting i'm like ah, i'm this new guy now i got this weight off me i'm moving to california so obviously i'm still working in my job as ems but i'm but i'm and obviously i'm like super invested in the moment i've loved it yeah. but i'm not doing it it's like a present thing it's not more like the whole career and future thing it's gone so i have right. like all this mental space freed up and i'm kind of thinking and i'm like dude ben and i like we were jacked at the time look good yeah i'm like we should do like modeling and like acting and all that shit and so i hit him with that and he's like yeah let's do it and then i'm like all right cool and then like a week later i'm like dude we should just move to la fuck san diego what are yes. we doing like we gotta move there and he's like whoa i don't know about that and i kind of freaked him out with that and then really he's kind of like rocked by that yeah and then I'd say like within that next two weeks, he agreed. And then randomly, my mom works at the bank. She's a, um, what do they call that? Teller. Uh, branch branch, oh, branch manager. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. So I would go in there to say hi, do whatever. And then I randomly, this woman approached me while I was visiting my mom at the bank. She's like, hey, I run, do you have, have you ever heard of Osman Agency? No. Oh, my hand? Oh, no, okay. what is that? She handed me the car and asked me if I'd ever done modeling. <clears throat> and said he like as i just told ben we should do modeling you know wow. that's how i knew i was like in sync with some shit because she approached <laughs> me said here's a card come by and i was like i'm gonna bring my friend because he's like same situation and you yeah, yeah, like yeah. so we went there and we started doing like runway modeling training and like got all these press photos and stuff so <laughs> like all of our friends locally I knew we were doing it, knew we were moving, saw us doing that. And Entourage was really big at the time. Oh, so, my God, so, yes. So they're all, like, talking friendly shit to us. Sure, saying, sure, sure. like, calling us Hollywood and stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that's that's how I got involved in going to L.A. All right, wow. so one year, into, one year into L.A., I was tired of, like, the game at that point and trying to learn how to, like, go on these auditions and do all this shit. And I wasn't as passionate about it. And like the things I was getting to go do, you know how it is. The things I was getting to go do, I'm like, I have no interest in, in saying these words and being this person for right. this audition. And you were ready or, and you were ready to graduate from. I was from ready to graduate. Yeah. And so uh, I voiced that to Ben and he's like, all right, that's cool. So then we kind of like, we were a year in LA, pretty much got out of that acting direction and just went all in on music. And we were doing that for a long time. Yeah, man. What was it like uh, pressing your own like records? Because you guys, you guys uh, put out some like vinyl signals, didn't you? Yeah, uh, that was cool. Um, yeah, 
that was like all self done. Ben kind of uh, took care of all that situation. But, Dude, that's um, wicked, man. You just like you got to get a mastered a certain way, and then mm. you talk with the um, you know the manufacturing company and got to get everything submitted and get them. But we got them. I still got a shitload of them somewhere. I still have like nice. yeah, I moved them from LA. I still have like, <laughs> not a shitload, but we had we had three hundred made. I still have like fifty. I had yeah, I made like. 500 cd 750 cds for my uh comedy album and most of them just uh level out tables and chairs <laughs> i just stuff stu them in there uh well then what 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 made you graduate from los angeles like it was it that you know the mid COVID, and you're like hey i'm i want to get out of here or was it the rat race of the industry or you know um and you know what's what's the next I step think it was, i think it was uh well, I was like I was saying, I was generally just like frustrated at that point in my life because, all right, so got to keep rewinding, sorry. But um, Ben and I did the box house thing for a long time. Yeah. Um, we changed our sound a bunch of times, um, had some great shows, always had a good energy, never really got around to recording too much except for that um, record that you just talked about with the two songs. Yeah. And, um, and I started writing a bunch of songs. I had all this new material. I was always super inspired by like Strokes, Arctic Monkeys and stuff like that. Yeah. And Box House at the time was going in a different direction, like more of a TV on the radio direction, like a lot more digital influences, not just like, not as much of a punk influence, more dancey and stuff like that. And um, a lot of different array of instruments, whereas the stuff I was like inspired to write was pretty much one guitar over here, one guitar over here, bass, drums, and vocals right here. Yeah. And just like, what what can you do with that? So that's what I was inspired to do. So I started writing songs. I got like four or five, actually like five or six songs and then um, recorded and they're all demos. And then um, I started like casting my band Yeah. That uh, that I wanted to do. And obviously at that point, Ben and I had a unique spot in a relationship because it's always been us two life on the line backs against each other we're in LA doing this yeah. thing ourselves and I'm like dude I got all these songs I really want to do this while I'm here and stuff like that and he's like I'm I never want to hold you back artistically feel free to do that but it obviously changed the chemistry within the box house realm and that's yeah. why like that's why it's like been so slow moving because um because it was a thing you know and the chemistry changed and now um I'm still invested in that band you know yeah what I mean? yeah but 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 I just kind of like Desert Weather's more my output, whereas yeah. Box House, I'm there to um, facilitate ideas and like help shape things. But so what, um, so, what can people expect from this record, Picasso and Mushroom? And you know, people that aren't familiar with your music, like you know, what what would be a good way to introduce them? to you because yeah i like it's yeah, very obvious yeah. that you love the arctic monkeys and the strokes if you listen to you know just one track you can hear it you can hear that come through yeah know? yeah 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 for sure so um i mean it's gonna like spank you there's a shitload of energy and nice. um there's a lot of guitar expression there's a lot of unique lyrics and deliveries and stuff like that uh vocally it's more of like if you really want to like engage with the vocals you kind of got to like go out of your way and like really like figure out what the hell I'm saying whereas <laughs> um whereas like I feel like other music the vocals are kind of like out front and that's what it's all about especially pop music you know so uh musically I mean just it's cool because the whole thing is the same formula like uh, early strokes where it's like one guitar here one guitar here bass drums vocals here and how many times can we reshape that and do whatever with that formula it's not like this free form thing it's very strict right very strict situations here you know um and if you're a fan of that kind of a sound and you're a fan of um what has been done within the realm of that sound you'll be able to pick up on what i'm doing and you'll see new territory that i'm charting for sure and yeah. uh that's why i say on the on the bio it says i offer a new uh, wave of nostalgic indie rock, you know, it's like new situation, 
but you'll get the idea if that's what you're into. And you know what, man, if you're not into it, like if you're rooting for it, you're going to love it. If you're not rooting for it, if it's not your thing, you're going to hate it. You know, you're not going to want to listen to it. There's two outcomes. You listen to the music, there's two outcomes. You love it or you hate it. Yeah. And the thing is, is if you saw it live and you had any sort of pulse and it was done the way I wanted to do it, like with my band when we were killing it, um, you would have loved it no matter who you are because I would like I would have made sure like you wouldn't have left without being like that was fucking awesome dude yeah nothing but energy and so like uh post-pandemic plans um are you planning on doing live shows where could we see those if that's happening or um you know what's what's the next thing to graduate on to man right on so um so what I'm working on now is the record that's coming after Picasso and Mushroom. Nice, dude. And uh, ironically, <clears throat> while it comes back into the story, as we were talking about what I was writing about in LA, uh, right now the working title, I don't know if it's going to stick or not, but right now the working title is Becoming an Optimist. Oh, wow. Nice. And so it's like a lot of the songs are about like inward uh, struggle of um, keeping your head right. You know what I mean? Just kind of what you've experienced over the pandemic and quarantine and, and yeah. that sort of thing right and i would say like in this record that's coming out it's more like calling out a subject or expressing a <clears throat> story or a situation and just leaving it for what it is but uh on this one i'm trying to put more of a positive spin on it so like if i display something that could be perceived or felt as like negative i kind of want to smooth it out and have this like but it's okay type situation vibe. Mm. You know what I mean? So like face it, but because you've got to face it to grow. Right. But and it's kind of been therapy for me. But and if you and if you're mad, go for it. Express your madness. You know, if something's annoying yeah. you, express it. But realize that that's happening and try to adjust and become a better person to where you can recognize that happening next time. And um you know what I mean? Get out in front of it. Just get out in front of that fucking nasty headspace. So that's what the whole next record's about. I've been working on that and I've been in pre-production. <clears throat> so writing all the stuff and demoing it out. Um, currently it's like 17 songs or something like that. And I'm sure I'll strip it down as I go. I just invested in some different recording equipment. So I'm going to try some new techniques and stuff to actually record it. Yeah. Um, and I'm gearing up for that, to be honest. Like, I'll Dude, amazing. that in like six weeks. Dude, always working. And yeah, always great advice to say, you know, if you're struggling with something, just face it, face it head on, like you're saying. And then also, you know, it's always good to see your friendly face, brother. I, I appreciate it. Dude, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, an infinite amount of stories that we could get to. Uh, yeah. What, what are one of the, my favorite ones uh before you leave we have to touch on this is uh the eighth grade dance right you were you there for that or no hang on the eighth grade dance yeah oh yeah in tampa Tampa. yes yeah so where's what i remember eighth grade dance themed party right yeah (laughs) we're not talking about the eighth grade dance here we're talking about like 22 to 24 year olds like College dude, college people that were, uh, yeah, the theme of the party was eighth grade dance. How did that come uh, about? And what do you remember? Because I remember one, like, these are student uh, apartments off campus. And I walk into one bedroom and all of the furniture had been removed. And it was just, it had to be 300, 400 uh, CDs, like flipped over and like oh, yeah. glued to the walls it felt like i was in a disco ball where that, that furniture that went we'll never know court. college court, court apartments where that furniture yeah. went i'll never know but anyhow everybody was also dressed as if they were in eighth grade uh what, what do you remember about about that party and how did that come to be because i mean um so i mean one. it was a legendary one to tell you the truth whenever i think about college court i think about this like halloween party they had that the eighth grade dance one was awesome i remember just like the little parts of that one but um right i remember this 
Halloween one that was there where I was like designated driver. I'm sure I'm sure I got this idea from somewhere, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. I had this key around my neck, like as a necklace, and the shirt said designated driver, and it was like spelled wrong. And then I took a bunch of shots to start <laughs> off. So I was like obviously too darn to drive, but uh, right, right. the costume. But <laughs> right, Ben right, was right. this astronaut. <laughs> ben was this astronaut, like this cheap astronaut costume. And I remember that song it's too late to apologize it's yeah you know it was on the radio a lot um and we lit it on fire and we're screaming that song running around it and the sh the the um the fucking astronaut costumes on fire is ben in it no he took it off okay and he was like wearing <laughs> shorts and I think we were like in the hallway and we lit the thing on, he lit it on fire and I was laughing hysterically. This is just what was happening. It was jackass time. In the know? apartment and, complex. Uh, in the apartment complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were screaming. It's that song, it's too late to apologize, it's too late. And like dancing around like it was like a campfire, like tribal situation. Oh. That's the only thing I really remember about College Court because like that is so burned into my brain that every time I think about College Court, I can't get past that memory. If, you, if anybody was in Tampa from the years 2003 to 2010, all they could possibly remember or care to remember is exactly the scene that you're describing. Uh, uh, an astronaut uniform being lit on fire in an apartment complex. I love it. Uh, no, <laughs> nowhere else to go but up from there. Uh, Smed, thank you right. so much for your time, brother. Um, I really appreciate it. Always welcome to come back on the podcast, and uh, I'm excited for the new record and the record to follow that. Um, before we go, I got to give a big shout out to my production team, Mike, Gina, Justin Collier, Kelvin, Dawn, Lindsay, Peter, Allison, P, Kevin, and Lauren S. Smed, before we leave, anything uh, you want to leave us with? Any uh, any final comments? Any any final words? I just want to say I love you, man, and it's been good catching up. Lots Dude. of good times. Always, man. All right, Floridians, thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace.